Hey, what's going on, everybody? Welcome to the Ethan and Terry Show, a weekly podcast dedicated to unpacking the latest in sports and entertainment. Uh, here we are now for episode four. Can't believe it's already episode four. This month has gone by too fast. Terry, how you doing, bro? Doing great, man. Doing great. Hope everybody out there is doing all right. And yeah, man, it does seem like the month is flew by, man. For real, for real. It did, man. And, and honestly, bro, the month of October never disappoints when it comes to... Uh, when it comes to, to, to the world of sports, um, obviously today being, you know, one of the one of the most fun, more anticipated days of the of the sports cal- the weekly sports calendar with everything going on in the NFL. Um, and even coming off of last week, bro, there was just like a lot of there was a lot of like uncertainty on like a lot of teams. Uh, and we'll, we'll get into like the Tom Brady saga and the New England Patriots like a little bit later. But one thing that. I really, I really wanted to discuss with you today was uh, the case of the Miami Dolphins and the Cincinnati Bengals. Um, I mean, say what you will about the Dolphins, right? You know, because you like, every year, you you really don't expect them to do much. <laughs> like it's it's the Dolphins, like they ain't really just been tight since Marino. So that sure. being that being said, it's like if they're trash, it's like all right, well, it's Miami. But Cincinnati, on the other hand, you know, this is a team that that plays probably historically one of the toughest divisions in the NFL you know they're they're known for at least having you know a pretty a pretty uh decent offense or an exciting offense uh and as well as a strong defense between the between the two being both teams being very terrible this year 0-16 definitely has to be on the horizon for for one of these teams at least would you agree um, I say definitely for the Miami Dolphins. Right. Uh, it, it doesn't doesn't even look like they're trying, man. And that that's a big difference when when the team doesn't look like they're trying. There's no effort. There's no excitement. And Brian, Brian Flores is great. Um, I think he's a he's a good coach. But I think right now they're pulling the Philadelphia seventy uh, sixers right now, man. They're they're tanking. They're tanking it. Um, I think everybody knows they're tanking. Um, the slogan he can might as well say tanking for Tua. Um, <laughs> might as well. We didn't play last weekend, but Alabama still won road tie. But yeah, my, Miami definitely I could see them going winless just because it doesn't even seem like they're trying out there, man. Yeah, I mean, um, if, I mean for what it's worth, with uh, acquiring Josh Rosen in the off season, I mean you you were at least optimistic that maybe they could like get something going. But what do you? What would it take for them to, I guess, change the culture down there? And also, when you just think about professional sports in, in the city of Miami, period. I mean, you have the Miami Marlins with baseball. You know, they're gonna get the uh, the MLS team, I believe, starting next year. Uh, the Miami mm-hmm. Heat obviously has been the more uh, flagship, commercially uh, appropriate <laughs> uh, sports franchise down there. It kind of seems like, hey, it's a fun place to visit. You know, go somewhere warm for the winter, but our sports teams are not necessarily going to be, you know, good to watch. Um, like, what would it take from an organizational standpoint to kind of get them to, you know, at least be relevant in their division, let alone the entire you, league? You have to find a, a brand, um, and I think Tua is going to establish that. A young quarterback with the athleticism he has, the arm talent he has. Um, you gotta you gotta find somebody to bring your 
your team around, whether it's the quarterback, the running back, a great defensive player, kind of like what J.J. Watt was for the Houston Texans early on. Early on. You got to find something, a player um, to build around, and also a player to give you organization hope, man. Uh, again, I think Tua will do that just because he's the he plays at the quarterback position, which has the biggest impact upon the game right. um, immediately. Um, it can turn your team from a winless team um, to a team that can at least go 500 and then have some type of hope for the future. Um, for example, the Cardinals, man, I, I watched Kyler Murray to play today, and no, they didn't win, um, but it wasn't Kyler Murray's fault. It was more of execution. Um misreads by his wide receivers, but it's just certain stuff that you saw in this game. you like, man, in a few years, he's going to be a, a good quarterback. And so you want something your franchise can hang their hat on at the end of the day, end of the day even if they may not be a, a contender to win it all or even a playoff pick. Um, they'll have some type of hope for the future. Right. No, no, I, I absolutely and plus, uh, when you look at the situation, you know, in Cleveland, you know, you know they had you know, Landry, obviously, OBJ, and, you know, Nick Chubb, and, and, and their defense is pretty star-studded as well. Um, it seems like the whole philosophy of a super team, as far as the NFL is concerned, it seems a little more possible, right? As we know, we look into the NBA, it's all about the, yeah. ba- the balance of power, man. You know, literally... It's a toss-up, bro. I mean, clear, I mean, we'll get into the NBA talk later, but it it seems like teams have more of an equal chance of of winning a championship. Whereas in this case, in the NFL, it seems like there are a lot of teams that are just loading up, and you also have like a lot of teams who are young and promising and fun to watch. Uh, do yeah. you think that my, Miami is a destination for one? It doesn't seem like people are just running to Miami, right? You know, or just like running to Florida you know, the same way that they would be to go to, to have a chance to go to L.A., you know, and, and live in that market and be up there. Um, you know, I would also think that Houston as a, as a sports city is uh, is is probably top five right now, holistically. Yeah. Uh, do you, could you, like, what would you think it would, what would it take for Miami to attract a big-name player? Or do you think that should even be on their radar at this point? Or should they just focus on just rebuilding, which is a bunch, a bunch of young guys? They should definitely just focus on rebuilding, and that young core will attract players. Um, again, if if you're looking for something to build your team around, I say it's Tua. Getting a player like Tua, Tua will allow a a more seasoned player to be like, yeah, I jump on this team, um, especially at the, at the quarter at the wide receiver position, excuse me, um, or on the defensive side, just because you believe that hey. In the next five to ten years, this guy is going to be a, be a great quarterback in his league. And I won't be lucky to be on his team. Right. And so I think think of an attraction like that. Plus, remember, whenever you got the quarterback on, on a rookie contract, that's the best time for any team to go ahead and build around him and, and give big money, big bucks um, towards certain free agents because guess what? We don't have to pay all this money to a quarterback. Our quarterback is on a rookie deal. So that's another reason. Um, and Miami's, man, again, Miami's a, a great place. Um, like I said, to go to vacation, it just, again, they haven't had that sports attraction. When LeBron was there on the heat, man, they were, and they were crazy. When Wade was there, they were crazy. 
Um, imagine how Marino was back in the eighties. Like mm-hmm. that, that was the time to be in Miami when the U was going on Miami hurricanes, like Miami was lit. Yeah. So that culture, that same culture can be reestablished. Um, again, I just think you have to pick the right guy, um, to build that bridge, that vision, that brand around. Right. No, I, mean, I absolutely agree. I mean, it kind of seems like, you know, um, little bit of a no-brainer when it comes to fixing a situation that's like Miami's but you look at Cincinnati I mean come on man like it seems like every year for like the last maybe 15 seasons that the Bengals were always a formidable opponent to whomever they faced you know they they never were just horrible but they were always just mid-table or mediocre you know they always had a big league-wide league celebrated uh players whether it all be a quarterback you know like Andy Dalton or you know back in the days you no know, Chad Ochocinco you know what I'm saying a receiver you know they always had something seemingly promising you know I mean even when uh I believe you know the late Cedric Benson bro like you know former uh, University yeah. of Texas running back when he was playing for the Bengals and now that they're kind of falling on hard times now I mean, and Andy Dalton's got to be what? Is he is he almost into his 10th season? At uh, a, I would say he's close. I would say he's on the in, in mid-year. I would say Andy Dalton's probably year seven or year eight. Yeah, yeah. So, right and you know, that and which the Andy Dalton, the Andy Dalton exper, exper, experiment in this case seems to be working. I mean, you have been successful, but you haven't necessarily gotten to where you would like to be. Um, what would it take for Cincinnati moving forward to kind of turn things around? Um, I, Cincinnati has a lot of good pieces. I would just do the draft and offseason attack the offensive line and defensive line because they have a good, uh, great skill players. Um, John Ross third, Todd Boyd, of course, A.J. Green. You got Mix in there. Giovanni Bernard, you got you got some good talent, man. Is it just coaching um, at this point? You can say that definitely. They had Marvin Lewis for a minute, and then now they've moved on with a new coach, and it's his first year here. He's a young guy. Um, thanks to this whole that whole Sean McVay run, a lot of NFL teams decide to go with the young new guys, and so it's going to take some time. Um, but I I think if they can find somebody to protect Andy Dalton as well and, and make running lanes for those running backs all the better. So, you know, if they have that early round pick or it's another thing they could do as well, in my opinion, is go for a defensive game changer um, like uh, Chase for Ohio State. Uh, guy's a beast at defense. And he plays linebacker or defense and wherever you want to put him. And so getting somebody like that on the defense would be great as well. So, but, yeah, I mean, Either way, you got to build an offense or a defensive line. You got to build on the line, you know, where where the game is won in the trenches, and you got to have somebody yeah. that makes a difference up front. Yeah, no, 1,000%, bro. So it's going to be very interesting to see what Cincinnati does, I mean, moving forward. I mean, obviously now, I mean, the NFL season, like we're at the, I believe, are we approaching the halfway point at the NFL season? Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, it's... Approaching the trade deadline. Yeah, exactly. So it's going to be very interesting to see if they're even going to make any moves. That or are they just gonna try to just stay true to the uh, usual process of things, play out the season, and I mean p- possibly play their way into a top five pick this year? 
um, or top two in this in this scenario. But um, but anyway, man, uh, I know um, we have, we almost had a pretty good segue just there when you brought up the, the Miami Hurricanes. So now we can kind of start talking about college football, man. I mean, you know, the pro uh, with with all everything with the pro news, like with the NFL, kind of just leading headlines everywhere. People are kind of forgetting about college football, man. All right, like like what's happening? You know, yesterday was kind of a was kind of a, a shitty day if you were a uh, if you were an OU fan. Horrible day if you're an yeah. OU fan. Um, man, like what what are some of your predictions, man? As we're kind of like midway through the college football season, like where do you see the top four playing out heading into the playoffs? Uh, my top four, and it's strictly based on upon schedule, um, because I see the way things things are going to play out based on schedule, who's going to win and who's going to lose down the stretch. Of course, it's going to have a big effect on the playoffs. Um, one is going to be Alabama. I think Alabama may fall victim in the SEC ch- championship to either Florida or Georgia, whoever makes it out. Um, but I, do, I don't see them having more than one loss on their belt this mm-hmm. year. And, of course, with them being in the SEC, I see them getting in. Same with LSU, who's number two. Um one of these teams are going to go undefeated. Uh, it's either going to be LSU or Alabama. Uh, but after they go undefeated in the regular season, I see either of them losing in the SEC championship. Just because I have this scenario, it's going to play out. But LSU is number two. Clemson is going to come in at three. Clemson doesn't really play anybody big down the stretch here. Um, I believe they have one semi-tough game. Um, down the stretch so their schedule is relatively easy the ACC has not been that hard at all um, to say the least this year so I I see Clemson getting in based on the remaining schedule but then also because you know competition isn't as stiff for Clemson down the stretch they don't have to go through any big name opponents Um, the biggest name opponent they have left on their schedule is going to be Wake Forest Um, so yeah there you go. Um, the ACC is not looking good this year. And then last, um, I have sneaking in, and oh, don't be surprised, it's going to be Florida. I have Florida sneaking in. I think Florida is going to win out. I think Florida is going to win the, the SEC championship where they only have one loss, which automatically put them in. But, again, you got Alabama at one loss and LSU at one loss. SEC is clearly the hardest conference um, in the world, to be honest with you, when it comes to college football. Yeah. Um, you you want to try to make a case for Ohio State. I just want to throw this out there. Ohio State plays Penn State down the line, and I believe Penn State is going to beat Ohio State. And then you might say, well, why not put Penn State into the, to the Final Four with their record? Minnesota has had a very, very quiet season and yes. in the Big Ten. <laughs> very, have. very quiet. They're still undefeated. Um, right now, they're ranked 13. I think they're going to beat Penn State down the stretch. It's not going to propel them, even if they was to win out and win the Big Ten. Based on their record, I don't see them getting in the playoffs over a fourth SEC team. But I do have them beating Penn State down the stretch um, after Penn State beat Ohio State. I think they're going to beat Ohio State and be so high on that win that they're going to forget about Minnesota, which Minnesota's not not just an easy um, bump in the road this year. 
No. So that's that's my final four, man. Wow. So you you obviously are predicting just the cannibalization, um, I guess if that's such a term of the Big Ten <laughs> that's gonna that's gonna cause them to not be represented in the college football playoff. Exactly. Wow. Exactly. And 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 Michigan down the stretch <clears throat> could play a part too as well. Yeah. Um so you I mean the Big Ten it's like this almost every other year. Um, they kind of just like the Big Twelve. They beat each other up. Yeah, that's about to ask. I mean, is there, I mean, plus both conferences, like the Big Ten, offensively has always just been so superior, right? You know, yeah. and then like the Big Twelve. I mean, defense is seemingly non-existent in that conference. I mean, like exactly. <laughs> like every year, it's like <laughs> I feel like you might watch a game where you got West Virginia. And like OU shooting it out like sixty three or fifty seven. It's like watching a basketball game. <laughs> like, like, like you know. So, so with that being said, you know, I, I actually, I actually do agree with you. I really don't have much to kind of offer as a rebuttal or, or as a counter. Um, I mean, the only thing I guess I would ask you is that: Do you believe that o- Oklahoma has a chance to at least recover from Not the loss? Not after that loss. Not after that loss. And I'll throw this out there: I think Oklahoma's going to lose again. Um, like I said, man, the Big Twelve. They just every time one good team plays another good team, it's a shootout. Yeah, and, and, it's, and at the end of that, it's about who can score the most points at some t- time. So yeah, I I see OU probably going finish the season with two, maybe even three losses, um, just because the Big Twelve. I mean, anybody can score on OU. Anybody, yeah. a high school team could score on OU right now. Yeah, no man, definitely. Um, uh, just just real real quick. I mean, this is on the agenda, but I just want to get like a quick take. Who do you got winning the Heisman this year? Oh, it's tough. It, it's, it's extremely tough. Or, 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 give, or, give, or give me your top two. I'll show you some bells. Just give me, give me your I, top two. I have one. Oh. Honestly, I have one. It's, it's tough, but because Tua was out yeah. this past weekend, I don't think it's that tough anymore. I'm going to say Joe Burrow. Okay. If he continues to play out like he is, he's in the toughest conference. I know you have people like Jalen Hurts that look more flashier, mm-hmm. just in the fields. But again, I got Ohio State losing down the stretch. This Justin Fields may have one or two games off. I don't think Jalen Hurts with two losses on his record can still win a Heisman if Joe Burrow continues to put up the numbers that he's putting up in the SEC. Yeah, I mean, it's a difference. It's a difference in what we just talked literally 30 right. seconds ago about the competition in the Big 12 from a defensive standpoint versus right. the competition in SEC from a defensive standpoint. So I think Joe Joe Burrow may pull it off. Now, of course, Jalen Hurts won. I, I think we're going to have to take a closer look at this whole OU winning the Heisman thing. Because, um, again, you got to take it to factor competition. And the Big 12, if you're a quarterback – you will look great in the Big 12. I don't care what team you're playing on. So we have to take that into consideration. Yeah. Um, I'm not down in Jalen Hurts at all. I'm just saying, look look at the quarterbacks that are coming out. Baker Mayfield, um, Kyler Murray, I think it's going to look good in the future, but he's still small. Um, and the way both guys play are prone for injury and a lot of turnovers as far as throwing the ball on the run, um, going for it all when you could just really go for five to six yards. So right. we'll, we'll see down the stretch, but I say Joe Burrow only because of the Tua injury. 
Certainly. No, no, man, it's it's a fair prediction. I mean, you look at Jalen Hurts, man. You know, just his his career has been has been stellar, to to say the least. I mean, and even kind of overcoming the adversity, you know, having Tua, you know, come take a spot and then you know, he transfers to OU. And you almost really hope for that heroic type of story to where, you know, he can kind of, you know, even though he did already kind of right his wrong, you know, already. But just to just to have a shot to just win the Heisman, just cap off a, a great career. But to your point, you get two losses under your belt, man, in the, in the Big 12. It just doesn't look good. So, so man, we'll, we'll keep a close eye on it. Uh, I mean, must-see TV, though, on, on November 9th, uh, LSU, Alabama. Oh yeah. I mean, I, I'll, I'll, we'll, we'll wait till next, till next weekend to, uh, to get your prediction on that, because uh, I really, really want to get your take on that preview for that game. All right. But uh, yeah, man. So let's let's get to it some more. So I'm going through, scrolling more on this docket. So man, basketball. I've been pretty excited to talk to you about basketball, Terry. Uh. With the NBA tipping off on last week, on a scale of 1 to 10, 10 being the best, where is your morale as a Laker fan? <laughs> um, i say 7.5. That's fairly optimistic. So, so you 7.5. So you mean Kawhi, Kawhi didn't, 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 didn't take your heart away too? <laughs> no, he didn't take, take my heart away. Again, I, again, I don't, I don't. I'm a Lakers fan, but I don't think we're going to win a championship this year. Not the first year. I, yeah. I don't. But I will say we're going to still compete. I say we still have LeBron James. We still have one of the best players in the world, Anthony Davis. Um, and the longer they play together and the more they gel, the better we'll get. Um, so I don't count the Lakers out as far as contending or trying to, you know, compete. To get there, I just think we'll fall victim to a team that you know has more more longevity together. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if it's Portland or if it's the Clippers down the stretch. Just a team or some a well-rounded team like the Nuggets. Um, mm-hmm. So we'll have to see. But I, I, unless you know, unless we play the Clippers first round and we get beat, then I, I don't see it being a bad season as a Lakers fan. Yeah. I mean, do you feel like Kuzma would have made that much more of a difference? Um, which game in particular? Are you talking about the game against, Speci- against the Clippers? I, I, yeah, yeah, I guess specifically against the Clippers. No, nah, nah, yeah. nah. I don't feel like he may make much difference. I mean, he he will be playing power four, um, sometimes small four. He he may have gotten a few buckets off the bench, but I just think Kawhi probably would have done more. Lou Williams would have done more. Yeah, like you know. <laughs> So, also maybe maybe um, it's also fair to say that maybe perhaps Danny Green wouldn't have had twenty eight points. Exactly. Maybe if, if he Co- wouldn't want to get those shots. And then, and then I throw this out there too. I know we probably haven't touched on it yet, um, but just imagine the Clippers when Paul George come back. Man. Yeah, I, it's. <laughs> I mean, bro. Even as a, even as a Trailblazer fan, bro, and just looking at the road ahead. Cause, uh, Cause we had the Mavericks today too, and um, I'm not even sure if we, um, what the final was on that, but but we had struggled early. Yeah, I won that. One. Oh, oh, we did. Yeah, I won. Yeah, see, all right, I'm glad we pulled that off. We, we needed that, but um, but no, man, it's it's just fit. It's <laughs> I don't know what to, I don't really know what to say, bro. You know, like the Clippers, like really, 
they are who I thought they were going to be. You know what I mean? And then to your point, man, when PG gets back, I mean, they're only going to continue to jail. They're going to continue to get better and just they're going to hit their stride. Uh, what do you what do you see them finishing uh, as far as a uh, win total this year? Do you think they can top 60 wins? Uh, nah, I, I don't think 60 is at the realm of possibility, but Kawhi would have to play 60 games. Oh, um, and so that, that's my only thing. I, I say 55 is more reasonable. 55 between 58. Yeah, I won't be surprised. Um, but if Kawhi does play a full full season, like yeah. full 82 games, um, or even 75 games, I see them winning 60, 60 games. Hey man, it what, just depends on the health of Kawhi. No, certainly. One, one, one can only hope, man, that that he stays healthy. That, that whole team, really, bro. I don't want any anyone to get hurt at all. Period. You know what I mean? I, I would never wish that upon anybody. But like this exactly. year, th- this year especially, I really want just teams to stay healthy so everyone can play like borderline full strength each night. That's just how competitive I know that this, that this season in particular is going to be. For the NBA, I mean, it's gonna be great for basketball, great for the fans, uh, and I'm excited about it. But you know, just but just continuing to just look more, I guess, to like the first week, you know, it kind of gave everybody a chance to kind of see the landscape. I mean, Kyrie was being Kyrie, right, fifty out the gate, um, and yeah. and clearly you're gonna he's gonna have a lot of nights like that, you know, having a supplement obviously for for KD being out this season. But what was your biggest takeaway? Uh, from 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 last week, bro. As far as like the whole landscape, the whole NBA landscape, everything with LeBron, LeBron being basically seemingly dethroned at, at this at the moment. Just the, I mean, all the news, everything. What's just your biggest take from the NBA um, last week? My biggest take, I have two. Um, first, of course, I got to start with the big news: LeBron James versus Kawhi. Um, my opinion on the situation. I don't think LeBron James is, is ready to play that me versus Kawhi game right now. I don't think he wants to do that early in the season because I don't think he feels like he can win it right now. Um, that's a matchup that LeBron James himself isn't ready for right now. He's on he's at the tail end of his career. Kawhi plays great offensively and defensively. Um, he can give it to you on, on both ends, and I feel like LeBron knows that. LeBron knows if I go at him and he come at me, it may not be the best outcome for my team. So let me try to get someone else involved, like Anthony Davis, who could potentially help us actually win the game. Um, and so I, I see that happening in the playoffs, even with playoff LeBron James. I think still the Lakers will fall short if they play the Clippers. If they have now another team, may knock them off, but that's the only way the Lakers are going to make it to the championship, I feel like, because I don't feel like LA's built to beat the Clippers. They're too deep. Um, I mean, just imagine being LeBron James, and you start off with Paul George on you, you get the pick and roll, and then it's Pat Bev there to annoy the fuck out of you. Um, And then you you get, get another pick, and boom, there's Kawhi. You drive to the hole, Let's say you get a pick, you get a free line to the hole, and there's Montreal's hill. Right. So it's, I mean, man, it's defend, great defender after great defender, wave after wave of bodies at LeBron James and AD. I, I, that's my biggest takeaway, man, is, is 
going into it, everyone wanted to say the Lakers were like almost a clear favorite. But right now, it seems like the Clippers have, have fallen um, to be the best team in the NBA. Even though they lost a, a close one last night against the Phoenix Suns, I still say, man, they, they're a scary team. So that's that's my number one takeaway. Um, number two, again, I, I, I brought up this team, and probably a lot of people just ignored it and was like, what is he talking about? Why is it even relevant? Carl uh, yeah. Anthony Towns <laughs> is going crazy. Right. I mean, his first ga- his first three games now, all three games he's had a triple double. Mm-hmm. First two was thirty five plus, with twelve plus rebounds in both games. Two double doubles, and then tonight he has a double double, small one, twenty three points and eleven rebounds tonight. Um, they still got a good win, but it's just like, man, the Timberwolves are 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 going to be a team that that. G- you gotta have to take serious, cause calling the towns. I mean, I don't know if people noticed last year, and probably most people didn't, because again, it's in Minnesota. Who really cares about Minnesota, right? Right. <laughs> um, but at the same time, the year before last, owners had a poll to decide if they could start over the draft right then and there, who would be the first player they would pick, and most owners picked Carl Anthony Towns. His skill set, um, the ability to score from the three, from the post, mid-range jumper. He can give it to you any type of way you want it. Um, rebounds. Um, the defense, on the defensive end, he plays defense. He boxes out. Um, people forget that he just had a spat with Jimmy Butler. Um, player Jimmy did kind of interfere with Carthony Towns' personal relationship. With a woman, and, and that kind of threw a man off, you know what I'm saying? Just like, just like any reasonable man um, who experienced may experience an incident like Carson Towns experienced. Yeah. Um, so la- last year he wasn't himself, but this year he's back. He understands that the Timberwolves are this is, that's his team, um, and he's taking ownership, man. And he's he's hooping every single night out the gate. That three and zero. Um, so again, I know I know I touched bases with them on last week, but again, keep your eyes on the Timberwolves, man, because they're going to be a playoff team, and they're going to make an impact down the stretch where people are, people aren't going to really expect it, but they're going to be there. Right. Honestly, man, I kind of have to echo uh, the the latter take that you had. My my two takes or my 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 two takeaways were one, I really feel like we're going to be thoroughly surprised with the outcome of this NBA season. Not saying that people that we have predicted or teams that we predicted to make the finals or win the championship aren't going to win, but I do feel like there are going to be teams that are going to, that are going to um, be slightly underwhelming. Um, I do feel that the jazz might be one of those teams. And I do feel like we're going to get a lot of, surprising looks from teams like the Timberwolves. Um, depending on who you talk to, me being a Trailblazer fan, I feel like on last week was a clear indication that we that it's just gonna be a uh it's gonna be a season long grind. It's gonna be a process just with Whiteside, you know, getting acclimated or acclimated into playing. Baysmore has been looking great. I, I but to a lot of people, a lot of people feel like the Trailblazers might not even make the playoffs this year. 
you know, or they or they actually feel like that the Trailblazers might um, like struggle a lot. But when in reality, we have one of the most experienced backcourts in the entire and highest scoring backcourts in the entire league. Not to mention with someone like Whiteside who can effortlessly get a double double at at will. So honestly, man, I feel like my, my biggest takeaway was that I feel like we're gonna get we're gonna be we're gonna be rather surprised by a lot of teams in the league that we didn't expect to make noise. Um and also, bro, you know, I kinda wanted to touch on I, I, I kinda wanted to touch on the situation with um with uh, I'm blanking right now. Uh just just with the Clippers just with the Clippers and with the Warriors and just with like just the the whole essentially the entire like suite of California teams, right? Yeah. And you know, I was like, I, like I'm watching the Warriors and it seems like it's a they're like a shell of their former selves, bro. And it it's it's kinda hard to watch. It's, yeah, it it's kind of hard to watch, and and you know, and honestly, with the Clippers, like you're, like I'm, I'm excited because, just because like the whole Battle of L.A. thing, and like kind of what that's bringing to the league, and all eyes are just on the West Coast now. All eyes are just on Kawhi now. All eyes are on PG, but then you got the Warriors kind of like in the background, like, 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 I don't want to say the wheels are falling off yet. But man, bro, like Terry, you're right. <laughs> they can they mess they, today. They can mess around and not make the playoffs. They got beat today by 28 points. Okay, it's see, not the right? Fact that they got, but yeah, I was just about to say it's not only the fact that they got beat by 28 points. It's just who beat them by 28 points. Um, I said when I made the statement, if Steph Curry is hurt, according to what we know. Right. Um, Steph Curry isn't hurt, and yet they're going to destroy. And I, I want to make the statement before anybody else, any other sports analyst, whether it's ESPN, Fox, no matter who else says it, I want to say it before anyone else says it. Clay Thompson over the years have not been given the proper props. No. When it comes to this Warriors team, he hasn't. He hasn't. Clay Thompson has. For the past three years, has clearly been the second best shooting guard in this league. Clay Thompson is a guy who scored 30 points in one quarter, 62 in three quarters. Insane. Insane. And, and still will guard the best man on an opposing team. And that's why the Warriors are getting destroyed because they can't stop anybody from driving the lane. They can't stop anybody off the pick and roll. They can't stop anyone off of isolation. And then now, with Willie Collistein missing an early part of the season, they don't have a rim protector. JaVale McGee is gone. Yeah. Um, I mean, even I don't even think Bogut's still on the team anymore. And so it's just like no one's at the rim. And no one's on the perimeter no. holding defense. And so... I mean, look around, you got two good shooters and, and Steph and D'Angelo, but they're going to have to be hot every single night for them to win. Right. And and, right. and the way it's going, it doesn't look like that's going to be the case. Bro, I'm going to keep it a bill, bro. I honestly think that the Warriors are going to look like what the Trailblazers looked like in 2016, 2015. Yeah. Like very talented, 
formidable, competitive. They have the players, but simply just not going to get over the hump. Especially in this in this current state of the NBA, absolutely not, bro. Absolutely not. Do you feel like uh, Steve Kerr is going to is going to get exposed a little bit, or or like their um, whole or, or that their whole coaching uh, staff? I feel like I feel like if Steve Kerr should be exposed for not bringing in young talent. When he got when he got this Warrior team, remember, Steph was already Steph. Clay was already Clay. Draymond was already Draymond. Mm-hmm. Honestly, some will argue that Draymond was better when he first got the team than where he is now after the, you know, hundred million dollar contract. Because at first he could actually shoot threes. Um, let's neither here or there. Mark Jackson created this team, and then it was given, and I say given. Because it definitely was earned. Because I, I feel like Mark Jackson should have still been the head coach of the Warriors. But it was given to Steve Kerr, and it was Mark Jackson's team who he built. Now Steve Kerr, yeah. while the the Warriors are kind of falling and losing players, you know, that was put in place by Mark Jackson, like Sean Livingston, like Andre Iguodala, like Andrew Bogut, um, like Bell, Jordan Bell, yeah. um, who played earlier, like you know, so. Now, Steve Kerr has to replace these important pieces, not the flashy pieces, but the pieces to make a team. And it's yeah. like, who have you got? Because we don't know these guys. <laughs> we, <laughs> we don't know any of these people. I don't know. Like, yeah. you, you watch a Warriors game, and you're just like, who is this? I don't even – did he even play college ball? Like, where did they get this guy from? Right. Well, let's say he's 26. He's been in the league for three years. Like, what? what he he had no idea he was even there. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So I, that definitely should fall on Steve Kerr. Yeah. Because it's it's kind of like, honestly, I'm just gonna be out with it. It's kind of like, you know, Robert Kraft calls me next year and say, "Hey, you want to the New England Patriots?" <laughs> you know, I, <laughs> or or I'll give you a better one. The Chiefs called me and be like, "Hey, you want you want the Kansas City Chiefs? You want to be head coach?" After Andy Reid just established a system, and then over the next five years, I won three Super Bowls with Patrick Mahomes. Right. <laughs> and so, uh, I mean, yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, make no mistake about it, bro. It's like, to 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 your point and what you were alluding to with Steve Kerr and like Mark Jackson, when you look back over, I guess, the last 10 years of sports, that was probably one of the biggest snubs, I think. And no one even you you couldn't even explain how the Warriors had made the playoffs. Yeah, and that looked good, and for some reason, they decided to go with a change because quote unquote they didn't think Mark Jackson could get them over the hump. They were clearly on, still on their way over the hump. <laughs> like, yeah, still <laughs> clearly exactly you know, Man. and so I, I hate to say it, and again it's early, it's just three games, but. People may be eventually calling this the curse of the Warriors. When you, when you see how, just just look back from a um, morale morality standpoint and see how the team was just given to Steve Kerr. You see how they acquired Kevin Durant and basically ruined the NBA. And now you have to deal with the consequences. Yeah, yeah, you do, um, bro. Oh, and, and one more, one more, uh, I guess take from. From from my side, bro, is is the evolution of Derrick Rose. Um, man, I'm I'm, I'm he needs to be starting. 
yeah. he needs to start in Detroit. The man dropped thirty the other night, man. Bro, and off he, the bench, and he's find he's finding a way. He's found a way. I mean, right when everyone has just wrote him off, bro. The injuries, everything that you could possibly think of. He 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 went from being a, a league MVP to a league journeyman. Yeah, you know, all in the matter of what three or four years, five years, and now look at him, man. I'm 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 very happy to see it. He's gonna impact that team like none other, and um, and honestly, I guess we have a, a greater Eastern Conference uh, discussion on next week. Um, we could probably get into it more, but I just wanted to call that out. And uh, so one more Definitely thing, I agree with you. Yeah, uh, one more thing on basketball uh, before we kind of head into the home stretch. Uh, I know we we kind of touched on the LeBron Kawhi uh, situation. I don't know if you wanted to expound a little bit more on that, or did you kind of already cover that in our Clippers and Lakers discussion? You really can't talk about, you can't not um, talk about them without talk about those those guys. Exactly. Um, it just one one more thing to say. It just amazes me, Kawhi Leonard, the advertising and marketing scheme that's going behind Kawhi Leonard is genius. I'll just say that. Um, even with the New Balance commercial with the crown, yep. he chain it. This is Kawhi Land. Like he's coming for LeBron James on, on, on both when it comes to marketing uh, standpoint, and then also backing it up on the court, man. Honestly, bro, with Kawhi even being on New Balance, I would compare that. Well, actually, no, I, I wouldn't compare it to to like to like Yeezy and Adidas, but like the reason, like Kawhi's gonna be the reason why New Balance is gonna surge. Like fast, exactly. <laughs> like I mean, not even not even probably from like a basketball standpoint, but or but like a lot of like the retro '90s stuff. You know, they're, they're gonna have fun with a lot of that, and 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 honestly, it's no different though than than Steph Curry being associated with Under Armour like back in 2014-15 when that got going. Yeah. I think New Balance is gonna experience uh, uh, a similar a similar trend in the marketplace with that. But um, but yeah, bro, he's making it very clear. Or if Kawhi's not making it very clear, New Balance and Kawhi's team is making it very clear that they exactly. are that they are in fact coming for LeBron to come for that top spot, no matter how you look at it. Everything from potential MVP uh, to another NBA championship, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Kawhi, who knew, bro? He did apparently. Yeah, apparently, man. <laughs> apparently, I mean, you know, honestly, honestly, bro, not not even. I mean, just taking it back to the Spurs, you know, sitting out, you know, the season, you know, most of the season, you know, because of the ankle injury, uh, you know, and and, and knowing his value and just playing it safe. And it goes, what you would think would be what like a career death sentence to get sent north of the border to in to in fact turn around and win a championship. Say what you want to about Golden State being injured, could we could we do yeah. know like the pessimism with with that. But honestly, bro, you couldn't have written a better a better story with this. You okay. couldn't have, bro. You couldn't have at all, man. Yeah. So, man, before we get out of here, bro, um, I probably should have brought this up around like our football conversation, but I gotta talk Patriots, man. I gotta talk Patriots. I gotta talk Tom Brady, and the news that came out that he could possibly be leaving the, the Patriots next year. I I I don't really have a lot to say on that because I feel like. I don't have the the credentials to speak on his legacy and on what that means to the Patriots and what that means to his career. And even man. like with you being a Patriots fan, bro, like what was it like hearing that news? Man, th- thank you first for giving me a time to speak on this, man. 
Um, I want to start out by saying I became a young football player, not football. Well, I, I did play football, Pee Wee, but a football fan rather. Um, when I was six years old, um, same year Tom Brady was drafted. Two years later is when he got his historical start, and I've been a Patriots fan for. 20 years. I've been a football fan for 20 years. I've been a Tom Brady fan for 18 years of my life. <laughs> and so to to have this man who who his tenure, he's he's in his 20th season. If you didn't know, yeah. um, watching this man since the age of eight, and now it's becoming a reality at 26. This guy probably won't be playing football anymore after next year. And if he is, he, he won't be in the Patriots jersey. Man, it's crazy. It's crazy, man. It it it, it really – I felt some way with, when Kobe Bryant retired, but I think it's going to hit more when it comes to Tom Brady because I associate him with my love for football. Right. You know, that, that – I mean – that just sums it up, man. I remember all the great Super Bowl victories, um, the the game in Oakland. I was 11. <laughs> I was 11 years old, man. I remember that moment. I remember that moment. I remember the moment when we went and we played the Eagles. You know, I remember those moments. I remember the horrible year, 2007, when we lost to the New York Giants off of David Tyree. Luckiest catch now. No one probably knows who the heck David Tyree is or what he does for a living. I'll never forget watching the Patriots play the Falcons, us being down twenty eight to three, third quarter. At this point I'm just drunk and depressed, sitting on my bed. And and just I continue for some reason I continue to watch the game. And I'll never forget we actually end up winning that game, the biggest comeback and the best comeback. And so it's so many memories, so many highlights. Man, the, the Peyton versus Brady showdowns, man. And so no matter if Tom retires or if he goes to another team, I, I've appreciated what Tom Brady has done for football and also what he's done um, for sports fans across the, across the nation, man. Tom Brady for New England fans especially if you're my age, he's football. He really is, man. He's football. Terry, I don't know if you'll be able to hear this drop down about the the press, but it's a round of applause for that beautiful, uh, I guess, I don't know, soliloquy or monologue that you just shared. The GOAT, man. Truly the GOAT, man. Truly the GOAT. Man, wow. Um, but before we get out of here, though, do you have any speculation on where he could end up if he does decide to go to another team? I have no idea, man. I have no <laughs> idea. I have no idea. Bro, Brady going to mess around go to the Titans, bro. <laughs> I, know, I mean, that is very possible. Ryan Tannehill, for some reason, is at quarterback right now. Yeah. Mark, uh, the, the Marcus Mariota um, thing is over with. And Jameis Winston's episode should be over. It's safe to say that that draft class, as far as quarterbacks, is yeah. useless. Um, <laughs> to say the least. Uh, to, to say the least. 
um, both guys drafted early. I want to say one and two. Yeah, am I correct? Yep. yep I was it yep. one, yeah one and two. And so, man, that that whole thing is up. I wouldn't be surprised. I mean, of course, he, the guy he played with is the coach there. Um, and so they're, they're buddies, they're friends. He'll get the respect he deserves. And I mean, shit is Tennessee. I don't, I don't know much about Nashville, Tennessee. Um, never been to be honest with you, but I know it's probably some mountains somewhere near there because it's Tennessee. <laughs> but I, I would honestly, as a Patriots fan, wish for thinking, I would just want us to go and finish the season one last round, one last time. Super Bowl champs, baby, and Tom Brady retire and walks out on the on the red carpet onto his white horse and and off, you know, off in the sunset. Now, that's how I, I wanted to end. Of course, it, it, it was very far from that when it came to Kobe Bryant. <laughs> yeah. 64 points is amazing. Um, but, I mean, I think that was like our 38th win of the season. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so, yeah, that was definitely bittersweet. And I, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, but to, but to watch your legends, the people you know that you grew up watching, the people you you consider to be legendary, to watch them leave on top, that's right. amazing, man. We we all want to watch our favorite players um, leave right on top. So yeah, man. Yeah, that's how I want to see it. No, that's that, that's that's true, bro. Very very well said, man. I mean, you know, for what it's worth, man, he's had an incredible career. I mean, I, I don't know. We'll, we'll I'll stop. I'll stop talking, you know, kind of kind of sad about it. You know, we still got a whole lot of football left, still plenty of time to watch him, but just looking ahead into the future, man, you just I don't know, you can't you can't help but wonder like you know, what if and, and what exactly is gonna transpire over the course of the next twelve months. But but man, uh that's that's all I got, bro. You got anything else? No, I don't. Um just random take shout out to Tiger Woods for a nice W today. Oh yeah. Um yeah, shout out to Tiger. Keep doing your thing, man. Um, the middle ball. I mean, I'm pretty sure you guys saw the highlights. If not, go check it out on ESPN and Bleacher Report. Report. Um, excuse me. Other than that, that's it. That's all I have, man. Word. Hey, y'all. Thanks for tuning in, man. To episode four of the Ethan and Terry Show podcast, dedicated to unpacking and uncovering the latest news in sports and entertainment. Uh, my name is Ethan. You can follow me on Instagram and on Twitter at Easy Pull Up. That's E A Z Y P U L L U P. Terry, tell them where they can find you. Terry, you can find me on Instagram at Terry Jenkins Jr. and on Twitter at Terrific Terry. Um, y'all have a good night, man. Yo, word. Y'all have a good one, man. Terry, I'll holler at you, bro. All right, bro. All right.